episode 20 of Strange Brow Radio. I'm your host, Tobe Johnson. We're back again, and this time with some after-show action. Every month, we do our live event, and after the live event, we go next door to the closed bookstore, because it's closed by the time this live event's done, and the ladies of Lane Paranorm out of Cresswell, Oregon, show up, and we sit in a cozy little round table discussion group and pass the microphone around and if the ladies want to do a, a live reading then they do one so i'm going to put together some clips for you on that and we'll call that episode 20 let's thank the sponsor feral by aaron at etsy.com shaman inspired drums rattles and smudge fans and now guess who made a rattle yes it is I, I made a rattle on Feral by Aaron. You can go on there and see my work. Turns out that there's quite a bit that goes into making a shaman rattle. A lot. But it's fun. All right, we'll be coming back with the after show, Strange Brow Live. Don't you move a muscle. As I said before, this is the after show of Strange Brow Live events, where we go into a bookstore from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. roughly and have a couple mics set up. If people want to tell their personal encounter stories, they can do it basically on the record, anonymously if they like. And sometimes psychics from Lane Paranormal will take a reading. If they see a ghost, they'll tell you about the ghost. If you want to know about a loved one who may be standing with you, they'll mention the loved one and give you a message. So, in this case, author and professor Sig Sigurdsson and scientist author Henry Franzoni happen to be in the crowd. So, let's share clip number one of the after show of Strange Brow Radio. All right, it is the after show of Strange Brow. We are here with the ladies of Lane Paranormal, and we have about mm, seven people, eight people back here in this quirky little bookstore connected to the Axe and Fiddle. They didn't actually want me to give the name out of it. I kind of told you where it was. They just don't want to have bad blood because apparently business may go down if they find out that there is a spirit in here. And last time we were here, we had a couple spirits show up, including a little girl and if you'll notice, to the right of me, there's a little children's area there. And behind it, the stairwell, is where we use the dousing rods, and they would cross right near the stairwell. So that's kind of interesting that they did that. Maybe there's an electrical outlet there that we don't know about. Maybe there's water or something like that. But, Ren, you remember that moment. Uh, all right. Last time, about a month ago, uh, we were here, and I was uh, using the dousing rods, which I'd used with you once before, but I kind of got the technique down better. And... Um, Definitely got a, a hot reading moment with the rods crossing at the exact same point every time. And I walked around the whole building, and it was right at the base of these stairs over here where there's also a noticeable change of pattern right. where the wood boards are. And um, there was another woman doing it with me as well. She also encountered the same thing. Oh, yeah. Frances was back there with her, yeah. with the hot rods, we'll call them. I like that better than dousing rods. The hot rods. Um, it, definitely, yeah. it definitely was uh, something there. I don't know what's beneath those baseboards. Could oh. be water. Could be 
uh, some type of electrical panel. I'm not really sure, but right. it, it definitely happens. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get started here. Why don't we, Anya, you don't do a lot of talking. Why don't you take the microphone for once? We're going to have Anya speak off the cuff, uh, if you wouldn't mind, and just tell people a little bit about yourself when you noticed that you had some gifts and how you use them now. Well, my first um, real paranormal situation uh, happened when I was 17, and that made me realize that um, I might be crazy. And then later on in life, I found out that I wasn't crazy, and that was uh, very recently where I had a, uh, a medium give me a reading and told me that I did have a gift and that I was meant to use it. And now I practice my gift every single day. And um, I met a wonderful person who shares very similar gifts. And we uh, do good work and in good faith. All right. Pass that mic to the wonderful person to your left. (laughs) (laughs) Now, generally, Terry, you kind of take control. You're the most outspoken out of all of them. I would kind of call you the spokesperson for Lane Paranormal. And uh, in general, you have a sense or feeling right out of the gate. What are you getting out of here? And what did you pick up? Actually, let's back up. What did you pick up while we were doing the actual podcast, the live podcast here with Sig Sigurdsson? Were you picking up anything in and around the speaker? Was there things happening in the bar? Actually, she picked something up with him. Okay. I was focused more on the energy around us. Okay. Because it was bothering me. Like what? There's higher activity in this place today than there was last time we were here. There's a lot more ghosts here than there was last time. Especially okay. in the bathroom. What did you see? Uh, I saw a lot of men. I haven't seen the child. But it's mainly feelings because I'm a physical medium. So I feel what they do. Okay. Or what they make me feel. All right. So a lot of anxiety i was shaking when i got here um couldn't hardly breathe i went to the bathroom and i almost passed out i got so dizzy so mainly today it's been more physical than it has been but she was picking up on him i couldn't because i was full of all that other stuff okay so i was focusing on that so when you're out of energy like that someone may associate that with something oppressive or is it just the price not really it It can just be any any ghost that wants attention right they want to talk okay yeah. Anya, what did you see around SIG? Um, so I picked up on maybe like a father figure type of person who's with him, um, who comes and kind of watches over him. Maybe like a, ha- have you had a, like a father figure pass away in, in your life? Uh, my mom. Your mom? Yeah, you take the mic. But no like father figure, like maybe like an uncle or... My mom died uh, two weeks ago, hmm. but she she looked after me when she died. She tried to purify my house, I think. Okay. What do you mean by purify your house? That's kind of cryptic. I'll hold the mic. I was having trouble with, with haunting activity in my house, and um, so she came over, and it was about an hour and a half after she died. I had just a brief communication with her telepathically it didn't last long and then I just noticed that over the next couple of days my house got better and better and I started sleeping better and um, it's just the energy in the house just got way better and I think she had a lot 
she had a lot to do with that. Now, does she have uh, a dominant spirit in the family? Is she kind of like the, the leader of the troop, or could that be the male energy? Or um, I would say she was dominant, uh, but not, not super dominant. But I would say she was, she was probably the matriarch more than my dad. And possibly the patriarch? Um, well, she was a, she was a uh, feminist. Uh, her mom was a lesbian, um, and uh, that was kind of kept private. And I don't think my mom ever actually acknowledged that, and because my my grandmother never told her, but we all figured it out. It was pretty obvious because she was living with the same partner for many many years. Is it, did you pick up on any of this? Go ahead, Anya. So um, I did pick up on a kind of a. Like you mentioned, your grandma was masculine. I picked up on that, but I also, me and her are both picking up on a male, and we can't figure out if it's, it. like, she's thinking that it might be somebody that you have never met. Yeah. Okay. What else? Anybody else want a reading or see if there's a loved one standing by them, or do you guys have any messages for anybody? What are you picking up in the in the actual bookstore here? Do you see a little girl running around that we can't see? Tara doesn't see her. I haven't seen her since we've been here. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. No, there's a lot of males. A lot of males. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe it's man's day. Am I allowed to do photography now or not? Am I allowed to do photography? Well, sure. Of yourself or <laughs> no, no, no selfies? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So... <laughs> I did pick up on her on earlier. Julia? Yes. Okay, did you talk to her about it? I did. We just okay. made it short, but I did pick up on a loved one that she lost. Okay. And she is with her. Okay. And I saw her pretty clearly. So yeah. And what kind of confirmation does that give you, Julia? Do you get any confirmation as far as accuracy, or do you feel uh, you know, at peace because of the information? What does that do for you, if you could hold the mic? Yeah. I don't know if I can hold it together, actually. Oh, really? <coughs> it was profound. Extremely, yeah. Okay. All right. You don't have to say anything. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I can. Okay. That's <laughs> all right. Can you have? I'm just really glad she's here. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Okay. Yeah. Anybody else? Don't be shy. What about? Uh, are you picking up anything here? That uh, oh, we're passing a, a photograph around. Did you pick up a ghost? Let's see what you got, Kirk, Sig. I got him twice. Oh, you matrixed Bill? Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't mean to. Oh, you didn't do your little trick? I did, but I mean, okay. the fact that it did that, and it yeah. everyone else did them twice, that's really unusual. This has got a, sp- I read, I read these. a split personality. Yeah, so what... <laughs> so what... So what Sig does is he, he takes his phone and he puts it in a certain mode. I won't tell you which mode, but he uses his phone improperly to take what I would call, you know, uh, matrix pictures. And I'm turning towards you now, Henry, because you mentioned some time ago that if I wanted to catch ghost or poltergeist or spirit beings in the act, that I kind of, you know, to coin the Ghostbusters term cross the beams or cross the streams 
maybe something would show up in there and they have to be syncopated or just off and you were alluding to an IR beam crossing through another IR beam. And so we did that at this place uh, that we call the Al Moon Lab, except what we did is we layered the audio. So for example, recording a recording a recording brings out different results than you would actually hear with your own ear. So for example, in this garage, you can be sitting in it all night waiting for a ghost to come, but you'll never hear him come unless you record it like an EVP. But sometimes you have to film the recording to hear the voice or the hit or the footsteps. So it's within those layers of recording the recording the recording. You never know where it's stepping in and out of that area there. My question to you is how the hell did that happen? <laughs> how does it, it give us a, a rough idea of what may be happening between these layers of digital recording? Well, we all have our own models of the universe, you know? And I have my own model of the universe. And in my view, the um, reality has, I guess the simple way I could explain it is this. All of us are vibrating. I'm, I'm a drummer. So this is the drum point of view about reality. Everything's vibrating. And because it's been vibrating for a really long time, entrainment has happened. And so everything is vibrating perfectly in phase with each other. And that means you are and everything around you is. We all know that matter has just slowed down energy and somehow energy forms solid matter. We know that. But what I'm saying is it vibrates and it vibrates as a standing wave because everything is perfectly in phase with each other. And so you and I are turning on and off and the reality around us is turning on and off and it's all happening at the exact same speed and so we don't see it because our eyes are actually matched to it exactly. So our eyes are designed very well and do not see the vibration that is happening all around us. Well, each kind of sentient life form, let's call it each group or each order of life, vibrates at a different frequency in this way. Your awareness is vibrating in this way. Your actual thought, your actual, what you think you are when you think about what's behind your eyes, that's vibrating and we are unable to access or maybe some of us can access these things but our subconscious mind handles this for us and so it's the one that integrates all of the blinking basically there's still photos of what we're seeing around us and our subconscious integrates it into the smooth analog movie that we live and so all the different creatures the ufos bigfoot the little people a lot of others a host of others can change the frequency they vibrate at we cannot because we can't act we don't have conscious control of the true power of our subconscious mind we just don't have control of that it seems by design.
but that's another question entirely. So all of these creatures and things you're seeing are basically changing the rate they're vibrating at and passing through what we see as they're going faster and slower than what we're, the speed we're at. And th this applies to dead people as well as UFOs in that when you die, nothing ever dies. It just goes faster or slower. It starts vibrating at a different speed and goes to a different plane of existence. At least this is my, you know, layman's model of the universe. But like all of you, I've developed this model by experience and not necessarily by science as we know it today, but instead as something to explain all the weird shit that happened to me in life. And I think that I'm essentially correct about the structure of things, but I'm not sure, of course. I couldn't prove it to any of you. But I, I think that um, that's what we're seeing with all of this stuff that is the common thread between it all, is everything is coming from a different plane of existence and speeding up or slowing down and either passing through this one or joining us here for a while. Mm -hmm. When it comes to altering your state, Henry, is this why altering your state through something like peyote or uh, you know, ayahuasca, this changes your vibrational state and hence, you I know, so. I, I people think DMT in particular is the one that DMT. Yeah, smoking DMT <laughs> clearly <laughs> alters your speed because you start seeing other creatures, yeah. you know, and you're like, whoa, there's lots of other creatures here. Um, Have you ever seen other creatures on DMT? Yes. Yes. Can you describe one of them? Well, actually, the strange thing is, and I think this might have to do with my karma as being a machine guy is little workmen with tool belts, tiny little workmen with tool belts came through the walls all around me and they all started like maintaining reality. They were hammering on the walls and, and but not really hard and they were sort of like just, you know, maintaining <laughs> reality as we see it. And uh, like I thought it was really strange and they were little, they were like 18 inches high. And they all could see me. They all like looked at me. Rock. <laughs> right. Right. You know, they yeah. they all looked at me and you know, and I was like, Yeah, wow, tool guys. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um Yeah. Blue clothes. Blue clothes. In in regards to the little builders. There was a show called Amazing Stories back in the 80s produced by Steven Spielberg, and there was an episode, and I remember this because the rest of the show was crap, called Time Builders, which is almost exactly what you were saying, whereas somebody was caught between seconds, and the Time Builders were building each second in time in our reality, and they described it as such, have you ever walked into a room, realized you set your keys on the table and never found them there? And the guy's like, yeah. And he goes, and do you walk into another room and then you come back and they're in the middle of the table? And he says, yes. And he says, that was our mistake. <laughs> and what you're saying there totally reminded me of that whole thing of the time builders of building reality a second at a time. Um, yeah, these guys were not threatening at all. They were just... 
were they? They had a job to do. They had a job. You that know? was the same way with this. I just found that to be interesting. I want to ask a question because you're talking about vibrations, and you made the comment about our vision being analog. Right now, we're recording on a digital recorder on a, a flash drive that Toby has hooked up to his recorder. Um, I don't know whether you have done any recordings as Toby has tried to do. Do you ever find a difference between analog recordings that are done on tape, analog being a reproduction of natural sounds, as opposed to digital recording, which is an imitation of natural sounds digitized? I'm just wondering if you've ever done anything like that and whether you've noticed well, any I've difference. Notice a difference, you know. Um, what 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 not, is not? I've noticed, but not in a, not in a paranormal context. Um, I've record. I've made many records, sure. and there was a argument among engineers for twenty years, maybe thirty, analog versus digital. Mm -hmm. Digital, basic tracks, analog mixing, or analog basic tracks digital mixing or and other engineers would say with digital you can reproduce any analog effect whatsoever so digital is superior and um, if you have a good enough engineer I think that's true that there's really there can be no difference if the engineer is really good but um, no I've never noticed it with uh, um, I've, I guess I guess what I have noticed is that, uh, or I haven't noticed anything. What I have, what I suspect, to answer Toby's initial question and what you're asking, in in part, is that cameras like 30 frames a second, a sampling digital recorder is like 44,000. Or 44 million, I forget what it is. It's 44,000 generally frames a second. Then you have a frame grabber always to reassemble the frames back into a thing. And you have that with analog and with digital. You have a frame grabber that reassembles the frames into some kind of action. And so since they're both sampling static pictures, of everything, I don't think there's any difference really in a certain way. It's just the speed is different. Speed's really fast with digital and analog. It's it's much slower and you know each, but it, it grabs more because the sampling doesn't seem to grab the waveforms as well. And I don't know. I don't want to turn totally geeky, but um, you know the Fourier transform doesn't work as well with digital. It works better with analog. And so you can reconstruct the initial wave much clearer. And you really see it being a drummer with symbols because if you record symbols analog and you record symbols digital, they sound different. And it has to do with all the harmonics that get caught in the analog that don't get caught in the digital. And so Really, like when I'm making a record, I prefer analog when recording cymbals on drums because they do sound better and there's more harmonics. 
but I don't know. Maybe that, you know, when you're dealing with ghosts and uh, UFOs, I'm not so sure which uh, recording method would be superior. All right. That was a detailed answer for sure. Sorry, no, <laughs> that was. Uh, no, a lot to, lot to think about. I took notes. And as a musician, Ren, did any of that uh, relate to your experience? Because you've messed around with psychedelics in order to kind of amp an experience. That's right. That's true. I've worked with uh, psilocybin, uh, LSD-25. <coughs> to get similar results, actually. I've watched the universe break down into fractals multiple times. Um, always coming back into this reality as almost like I say I got a hug from God. It's, uh, I don't know, it kind of clarifies the area of existence mm -hmm. between life and death mm -hmm. to show that it's still there no matter what wavelength it is. And I do believe in exactly what you're saying with the, the vibration. And it, it is, it's all about the frequency of vibration. Um, I know in the past psychedelics, obviously even to this day, are used as a recreational fun time party thing. But my experiments were, you know, nothing like that. They were full sensory deprivation on high, high doses to experience these levels of reality that are more real. Psychedelic effect. Are yes. more real than real. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, so I, I completely agree with you in the, the whole vibration idea. When you're coming up mm -hmm. and coming down from a high psychedelic yeah, you could feel trip, the you, you literally speed. feel it. It's yes, almost you like your body feels cold to the touch mm -hmm. because you're vibrating so much that it, the wind is affecting the way your blood is. It's very interesting, but I agree with you entirely. And it, it's, it's mm -hmm. actually all here, all happening. Everything's happening at the same time. And uh, th th the only way I can put my mind to it is when I'm in those altered states. Mm. Altered state. I want to learn how to get there without drugs. Through meditation. <laughs> yes. My teacher, my meditation teacher, Ram Das, does that. On my own power, somehow. Now, could you get there through drumming? There's, mom there's times, actually, with other people. There's definitely music is magic, you know, shit, right? It is. It's amazing where you go. But you, you say that but the... On the other hand, I was going to say, I took an awful lot of LSD once. <laughs> 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 and yes, I learned some of what I was telling you guys from some of those experiences. <laughs> and Henry, you say that there is a, a certain beat per minute that actually w works to have a supernatural encounter. Tell me about that theory where you say, you know, if you play a certain song, for example, if you play Bolero, there's a beat within the song of Bolero that initiates Sasquatch activity. So what is that rhythm? Six. They like six. I don't know why. Um, they like six phrased as 18. Um, like three sixes in a row. They like three sixes. I don't know why. I have no clue why. No theory. I've just spent a lot of time being a drummer trying to identify what rhythmic imagination Sasquatch had that's like one of the questions I want to know about Sasquatch is what is their rhythmic conception <laughs> but maybe it's too out there for you guys but so to important to me. It's important. 
Yeah, to, and f in closing here, I guess the, uh, the overall lesson is that these things exist. You have to maybe take steps or measures to experience them if you're not a meditating master or a drumming master or a radio master or a drum making master. Um, you have to go to extra levels. Thank you all for being here. We'll be back again in about four weeks and do it th the same way, the same time, in the same place. This has been Strange Brow Radio, signing off. All right, this is the after show. Thank you for joining us here. It took me a little bit to clean up, and you guys stuck through it all. Okay, so we're up here. Mike, yes. thank you for sticking around. You're welcome. I appreciate you doing that. You're welcome. All right, so we're here today because Tara wanted to get together afterwards, and I appreciate your time to do it, Tara. Now, as far as the technical glitch is concerned here, you and Anna feel like you know the answer to that. Go ahead and tell everybody why you think we had a technical glitch, even though sound issues have always kind of been a problem, but you, you feel differently. So basically uh, about 10 minutes before it actually happened, um, I, a sense came over me where I felt like I needed to laugh. Like it was like something was making me laugh and making me feel very giggly and um, probably about 10 minutes after that I felt the same way and then that happened and then I get somebody saying in my head pretty much like we did that and then it was just over from there. But no age, no names? Uh, definitely two men. Females. I didn't get any age or names or anything but it was just this overwhelming sense of trickery and I felt like I just was laughing like everything was so funny. Like they were messing with your equipment and they didn't like what was going on and they wanted to end it for you. <laughs> for else. Yeah, well, so do you feel like it was the same men that you saw up here before? Yep, I, I got in my head it was the same two men that were standing up here last time we were here. Okay. And they're from we also got that they're from around the 20s and they were criminals, maybe in gambling or something. They were, you know, they didn't murder people, but they weren't good people. So they're old cottage grovers, scallywags. <laughs> Mike, did you know like these guys? Of, yeah. <laughs> part of the old gold miners. Yeah. You know? Oh, really? Do you, do you? Well, maybe they were. So I don't even know what this building used to be before it was a co-op. I know it was a co-op yeah, back in the day. I don't need it. Was it a mill or before we got like a mill or something that they did, either grain or wood or something that they milled? No, I don't, I don't know anything yeah. about that. All right, so expl explain what you wanted to do today. So you wanted to come up here. Do you want? Can you take a reading off of anybody, or is anybody you feel like you need to talk to, or do you want to just talk about Lane Paranormal? I feel like if somebody comes through, there were there was spirits coming through when we were downstairs, but I don't see the people up here that were they were bugging us for. Um, but if somebody comes through and wants to talk, I can communicate with the other side, and. She can kind of do that, and then um, she communicates with more of the earthbound stuff, so the ghosts that are around us. So we can do that if something comes across, or if somebody has an issue, I can try to connect to them. Well, is there anybody, look down here, is there anybody that has somebody standing with them? Cool. And do you guys want to know? <laughs> do you guys want to know sure. who is behind you? Is everyone okay with that? Can I take that real quick? Yeah, grab the mic. A um, friend of mine um, contacted me a couple of days ago telling me that uh, she had a dream or image of me 
uh, at her house. And she said, all I was doing was just standing there looking at her, and she didn't know what I was trying to communicate to her. So she contacted me and says, uh, is, is there something that you need to tell me or something? And I said, not that I know of. And, but it, that's, that's what happened with her. She said, you, you appeared to me at my house. And uh, she, uh, we live up Brow River and she lives on the other side of town. So I don't know um, what I did or if my vibrations to her uh, communicated something, I don't know. Okay, so astral projecting is fairly common and I used to go to my grandparents' house and just stand in their hallway and watch them. And that's basically what you were doing. So you're just checking in on her. I don't get anything serious or any kind of serious message, but somebody, I'm getting chest pains. There's somebody here that died either of a heart attack or respiratory distress that's here. And I can't connect to which one of you, but I'm having trouble breathing. So somebody, and I feel like it's a woman, um, older, died of something heart related, and she's over on this side. She's on the right side of the table? Yeah, she's over here behind them. Okay. Does that and relate to anybody, Francis, Lisa? My, uh, I feel um, like I can't breathe, like either water in the lungs or a heart, heart pain. My um, niece, who is the same age as my daughter, uh, I just found out yesterday that uh, she has congenital heart issues. And I so I don't know if that's what you're feeling. I could be connecting to her energy through you, which is what I do. But there's somebody, yeah, there's somebody with you that's already passed on. My grandmother died of congestive heart okay. failure. Yeah, she's standing yeah. back here, and I see her energy, and she's she's actually, if she came with you, she's with you all the time. I get, like, That's a awesome. constant presence. That's awesome. Yeah, but she wanted me to know that what she died of, because they yeah, usually give that to me heart so that I yeah. can relate it to whoever they're with. Uh -huh. And she just told me good job. I don't know what that means. That's really interesting because... Um, she's going like this. Good job. I don't know what that She's done that to me twice now. You're the second second person <laughs> that has given me that message from her. Really? Good job. She said good job. And she's making me feel emotional too. And I'm not an emotional person. <laughs> Something's happening that's that wonderful. she's happy about. Like she's happy about something that's going to happen. Great. I'm looking forward I'm to that. I'm not sure what that it is. Me, that makes me emotional too because, no, it's second time. Okay, she let up so it doesn't hurt anymore. I can talk better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so she's right behind you. She's with you all the time. So you're feeling her congestive heart failure. I do, unfortunately. I feel they make me feel what they either died of or a chronic illness or mm. pain, which can be horrible sometimes, like especially things that are really painful, but they go away pretty quickly. Describe to a guy like me or Mike or Doug here or Sean, um, the knuckle draggers here at the table, all the men, what are you actually seeing or feeling when you sense a presence? I see their energy. So I feel what they're making me feel, and I see their energy, and it's like in my head. you see physically what? In my mind. In your mind. Yeah. Okay. And I don't see them standing there solid. I see in my mind what they look like. So I'll see, like, their height, maybe what color of the hair they're wearing. A lot of times I see what they're wearing, and sometimes they'll give me either their name or the beginning letter of their name. And I just got a J. I just wrote it. I got a J just now. Is that related to you? It was a J. Yeah, I got a J. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I couldn't breathe. Yeah. 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 Okay, so the Jamie. And I also have. Daughter, that's her daughter's name, is Joan. 
Okay. Joan. I got four letters too, but I didn't say it. I got a four letter yeah. J name. So that's and Joan. I also have major anxiety. Somebody's giving me um, major anxiety to where I want to shake. It's How not you, is it? <laughs> that would be my life. <laughs> <laughs> I connect to her really well. I always feel what she feels. But somebody's giving me major anxiety. Somebody had an anxiety disorder. And it could be one of the ghosts because that happens a lot. Yeah. Interesting. Thank but you. I, yeah, she's the most prominent. There's a male up here, too, that's with somebody, but I'm not connecting to him very well. He's, like, shy. He's mm -hmm. standing back, and he's over there. He's back there. Do you get anything on him? Mm. I got a restroom, and it's on my carpet. I'm sensing something with him, but I can't pick it up. There, yeah, there's a male standing like over there. Uh, male with Mike? I have a story about my best friend. We worked together out in uh, Coburg, and he got sick one night, and I took him over to McGinty Willamette Hospital. We spent like six hours over there. We couldn't find anything wrong with him. We sent him home. I took him home. I got a call four hours later from a guy that lived across the street. He died that morning, right? four hours after I dropped him off. This is a guy I worked with, drove back and forth to work with and stuff. And yeah, I would, and I don't know if that would be Doug or not. That was his name. But yeah, that was, a, a that was devastating to me. To you, yeah. Is this why he would be shy? Is because he's not really family or? Um, not necessarily. He kind of timid and, and he was timid in real life. I feel like he was kind of timid. Is that true, Mike? Is it, was he a timid guy? Uh, he was what? Was he timid? Was he? Uh, Doug was sh shy. Yeah, absolutely. He was shy. Absolutely shy. And that's a rare trait in a man, generally. Yeah. Very much so. Did he have something with his head? Inside you his know, head? I, I, no. What killed him? I'm not no, sure. I'm getting his head. Not that I know of. No. What killed him was an infection of the sac around his heart. That's what they found on him. I wonder though if he died of an embolism. Well. I don't know. Because I'm getting something with the left yeah, side of the head. Yeah, and that, that's, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else have a questions? Or if you pick up on anything as we go along here in particular, now let's talk about the EVPs and what we have going on in the axe and fiddle here because you're picking up on children in here too. So, you know, would a, would a child's spirit be, you know, resting inside the axe and fiddle because it has a memory here from an old time memory or could it be coming from a farm field? Could this be? I'm not sure, we talked about it earlier, but the little boy that's here didn't, didn't die here. He doesn't, he's not here for any particular reason. I think he followed somebody in here and there's a lot of people here and he's trying to get attention. But he died from a fall and he's five. Yeah, she, she I asked him how old he was and he said, I'm five and she goes, I think he's five. <laughs> So I got it on audio. It's kind of hard to hear, but I've got it. Oh, you can hear it. What do we hear? So we pretty, uh, well, I didn't actually hear it. You, you heard it. But then right after she got the EVP, I had said, I think he's five, or I get five. And then on there, he says, I'm five right before she says that. Hmm. Okay. Usually I can hear them in my mind before we pick up the EVP. So I'm getting what they're saying, and then it kind of goes into the EVP, yeah. So is Cottage Grove more haunted than a lot of towns, or Crestwell more haunted, or are all towns is equally haunted? 
Cottage Grove is pretty haunted. Every almost every building down here, we see ghosts in multiples. And Val, would Val agree with you on this? Val also says the same thing, because I wanted her here today too. Okay. And we, Aaron and I were actually in the antique store where Val did one of her uh, sessions, and the tripod got turned around on KVAL News. Mike, what were you going to say? About the there. Oh, sorry. The Lean into that, Mike. They're pretty good. There you go. The astral projection and stuff. Well, my mom died uh, oh, 15, 16 years ago, and we were living out of Cheshire. And it freaked me out and freaked her out. I was work in working on my computer. And see, I was shaking already. And my mom's face showed up on my computer. She died the next day. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. Yeah. And, and I told Francis, I said, that's, I mean, I'm spooked. So I called dad. Is, you know, is, is mom okay? And, well, my mom was dying of terminal cancer at the time. Yeah. But we went out and spent the next day, and she died the next. Actually, it was Thanksgiving when she died. But it was supposed to be a sign for you that she's going to always be with you. Yes, uh, and and we were all there. We we had most, almost all the family showed up because I told them what I had seen, and then they showed up. They came in that day, everybody that could, and we were with mom when she passed away. In fact, I was with both of my parents when they passed away. So, yeah. So Terry, your gift is mainly you're able to see spirits you're also able to see where people are sick or what injuries they had here but i don't know too much about the other ladies and last time we did our interview oh please oh please <laughs> tell tell everybody about how you uh, how you well i mean you, you do work with other clients here right so you have to introduce yourself somewhat to them so just tell people what you're I'm Brittany, and um, most of my abilities are I'm empathic, so I can feel living people's emotions, thoughts, um, and I can also um, see the see ghosts, feel them, hear them, and occasionally I can also hear those from the other side. And I see her grandfather a lot, actually, <laughs> who comes over from the other side and helps us. Um, I can also astro project. Work with horses too. What is it about women that work with horses that make them gifted? Is there something about working with they that particular animal? Crazy. Most women that work with horses are crazy. But a good crazy. Yeah. yeah. No, I will say women that work with horses are strong-willed because a horse is strong-willed, right? And that strong-willed nature is that push-through. But horses are also highly sensitive and very intuitive, and so for people who are also that way, then we can, I guess in a simplified term, we can easily communicate with them and connect to them, and it's very soothing to be around them. But I also think that it does attract some very other interesting personalities, and from a psychologist's point of view, a lot of people with mental illness, attachment disorders, and uh, mood disorders as well, but because horses are soothing and healing, that's why they're used for prisons and everything else too. So, oh yeah, and and uh, I also do readings on horses too. I do a lot of that. Yeah, for medical readings. I do a lot of that stuff. Is that what you're doing up London Road? No, that was different. But I did read one of the horses that 
So what case, can we talk about the case you're working on today? Were you working on a case? Yeah, so it just happens out of the blue. I'll get the what the horse looks like, and I can describe it. It was at her barn, so I could describe what it looked like. And I got that she had in either um, ulcers or intestinal problems and severe pain and also a foot issue. And the reason I do that for people is to save them money for their vet bills. Because if you go in knowing I don't need an x-ray, it's going to save you like 300 bucks. So I do a lot of readings for horses, including my own, which, which is nice. And it's not like they show on TV where they talk, you know, they say they communicate with the animal. I'm communicating through spirit, and they're giving me the information. I can feel what the horse is feeling, but spirit tells me what's wrong with them. And then I can tell the owner, this is what's wrong with your horse. And then I'll feel what they're feeling. That's all animals, not just horses you work with? I mainly do horses, but yeah, any animal that I can, that my spirit guide will tell me what's going on or give me the information. Mm -hmm. I can do, you know, any, whatever they want to give me the information on, I can do any, any, any animal. Okay. Let's talk about the angelic realm here because I want to dig into this. Last time you and I went on a, a night walk, three of us with Doug, you were talking about reaching out to your individual angels here and it's highly confusing to me being brought up Protestant, how you look at angels, because it seems as though you look at them as phylums, I think you said, and not as far as a hierarchy. So you each have an individual angel that works with you, is that right? Several. Mm -hmm. Several. Okay. And then you described one of them, or at least the dog man quality that reminds me of some kind of Egyptian god that uh, works with you. So... Describe these angels to me and how you work with them, how you know the difference between them and something. Can you talk about it? Is it? Yeah. It's a serious tone here now. It's not <laughs> lighthearted. So why is it so serious? With the angels? Yeah. Um, they do most of the work. I mean, we're just vessels that ask for the help. They do a lot of the work. So like I said before, there's certain, all the different phylums. So the carrions are the phylum that close portals or take care of the evil stuff, and that's their job. So the seraphim and cherubim won't do that. They, they're completely different. Those are the singing angels, and they actually can heal you with their singing qualities and vibrational qualities. And we've actually gotten them on audio. Yeah, we do. We have their singing on audio, which is kind of nice. Describe their singing. You can't. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's indescribable. Like yeah. What? It's kind of like a chorus. Yeah. So you hear several. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then the archangels are healers, and they carry a sword, and we've seen different sizes of them. That they cut energy. So if somebody has an attachment and we get rid of the attachment, they'll cut the energy between the person and the attachment, and then they'll heal the person. So if you need healing, you always want to call an archangel. And like the Bible tells you, they don't have names. They've been given names by whoever gave them the names, but they really don't have names. I name mine that I work with all the time. Just so they yeah, have a name. Yeah, you name them. Yeah, I name them, and they, they like that because they don't have names. But this is way off of scripture. I mean, we're somewhere way off of traditional scripture here because you're describing like Anubis, a dog-headed type demigod. Are you talking about our dogs? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we talk about your dogs. Yeah, they're not. They're from another dimension. They're not angelic. They're not angelic. Oh, I didn't know that. No. Angels are their own beings. They're a different species than humans. They're completely different. They're androgynous. And in our beliefs, because we work with them and we ask questions, there's no such thing as an evil angel or a fallen angel or anything bad. So 
as far as they've told us, so we don't believe in hell or Lucifer or any of that stuff. No demons. Only other dimensional. There's creatures that come out of the portals that we deal with, but not actual hell. There's so no dimensional meaning demon. Demon, demon. Not like the Christians say right. that they come from hell because there's different dimensions. Like but low not like hell. Entities. Right. Okay. Right. And they all look different. Some of them are tiny and fuzzy. Some of them are big and nasty. Right. Does anyone have any questions or have any questions about angels or want to? Yeah. Lisa? No? Um, I, I tend to um, ask and talk to the angels quite a bit. Um, and I've seen them work in my life in just incredible ways. And I've had gifts from them, feathers or just little, I call them God winks. That's what, that's what happens with me. But um, for me, it isn't even a, I wonder if they're there. I know that they're there and um, call on them. And I've had just wonderful things happen when I do call on them. And it's been through my whole life, so it's not its not something that I've just, you know, like, um, oh, I think I'm going to work with angels in the last two years or something. No, it's its always been a part of me, always been there. So um, I, pretty, I resonate with what you all are saying. I'm, like, nodding my head going, yep, that's, that's what I feel from them, too. I don't feel anything um, ever demonic. I don't feel any negativity. Um, but... Every day in my daily life, I'm talking to them, calling on them, asking them to help me, and there's always evidence that that, that happens. So something that's comfortable for me and um, a sure thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And they like it. They like to help. Francis, I'm going to come over to you. Cool. I want you to tell the table about what you saw in your backyard because I went out to your backyard, and you described over Darina Lake seeing something amazing. Describe the giant black object that you saw from your property floating over Dorena Reservoir. Well, I went out um, in our yard and, and from the driveway by the side of the house, looking over to Dorena Lake, um, there was an image of, uh, it was like a, a, a dark object and it just blacked out the sky, not the trees in front of me, but um, in the sky itself. And it, it just it blocked out any light, stars, everything. I mean, it was just, you could see it. It was, it was almost like a brick going through the sky like this. And it had a few lights. Um, I don't know what, if it was like um, real lights or if it was like star lights, I'm di- I don't know. Um, to honestly, I don't. At this moment, I I can't tell you if they were blinking, or if they were solid. But it was you. The I mean, it just blocked out the sky, and it um, it was huge. I mean, it wasn't like an airplane. There was no noise. It just it was here, and it just moved like so all the way across the sky. Daylight? No, it was in the evening time. Yeah. It was at night, or it was um, in the after, or late evening, you know, when the light's starting to change. Like kind of now, twilight yes, hour? Yes, yes, yeah, but it was, it, it was darker than what it is right Which now. It seems to have a unique property in itself. I don't know if you guys would agree as long-term witnesses or Aaron, 
but as the sun goes down, you know, not only three o'clock in the morning, but there seems to be that transition point where mm -hmm. activity happens. Yes. I know we've had stuff in the ca at camp when the lights start going yep. down. You would agree with that? I would agree with that. Does anyone want to challenge that point of view? Erin? <laughs> you do? <laughs> okay. Well, give her the mic. She wants to talk. Yeah. Yeah, hold the mic. I need your help. People want to hear from us. What do you want to know? Well, tell me about the transition point. Why do you think the transition point has... Oh, I don't, I don't know why. Maybe it's a, when you get to that liminal point or something, that still point, or it's very transitional. Even when dreamwalking, it seems like when things, when you're going, was that a dream or was I astral projecting? If I'm in a, a place where it's twilight, I know what happened. More so than if it was like I was dreaming it was daylight or it was nighttime. Or if I'm flying and it has to be some sort of a transitional period, like it's almost always twilight. I went, oh, th things happen in twilight. I don't know why. I'm not omnipotent. Okay, so I'm going to read. Sean wants to talk. Okay. <laughs> Hold on a second here. I got a message here from Tara. What do I got? Oh, I was just, I don't know if you want to, I just skipped you because I was going to ask. When we're, when we're done, do you want us to do a clear? There's some standing here that want to be crossed over. Do you want us to do a clearing right here with everybody when we're done? Well, a clearing for what? Let's ask. Uh, cross the ghosts over that are standing here. To cross the ghosts over that are standing here. Do we want to do a crossover with any of the ghosts? Okay. I mean, I'm okay with if it. Does anybody have a problem in, with it? We can do it afterwards. We're doing it anyway. I thought maybe you guys Oh, you mean the ghosts that are in this room? They're like right they, here. They want to yeah. go. Oh, like yeah. the haunted chair, yeah. the guy over here. <laughs> 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 okay, so do we need the mic to do it? Right. You want to do it right now? Sure. Yeah, let's lean into yeah. it. Yeah, okay. What do we do? <laughs> All right, so we do, the, we, do, oh, sorry. we do several a week or several a month. So we have the same system every single time. Everybody has to close, close their eyes. And the biggest part is when we say, imagine this, everybody imagine the exact same thing. We're going to open a door. And usually the ones that want to go like this guy over here will just walk right in. Sometimes we'll have our guides grab somebody that tries to run away or whatever. But it should be pretty easy because they want to go. So, okay. so if everybody closes their eyes, we're going to open a door. Actually, they said they want it right there. So right behind you, right where the pool table is. Okay. I don't know why. They just said right there. All so right. that's where we're going to open it. We're gonna open a door right there. It's usually think of it like the size of a double door and like an elevator. Insanely bright. Yeah. I always open the doors with an elevator and it's bright and you'll actually if you can envision it, you'll see our guides walk through because they come and help us. So if everybody just closes your eyes. I usually record because I'll get the other side on audio. Which is kinda nice. Okay. Okay, so concentrate. I always put light around everybody, so I'm going to put light around us. Open the door right in the center of the room. She's recording if you want to speak. So then our guides' names are James, Angela, and Inga. And then our dogs, Maury and Daisy, if they can help. We ask that you guys help, help this man and the two that are over here I just saw that came in. Can you help them walk through? Did you see that? Like a bunch more came up here. Yeah. So a bunch came from up, from downstairs up here to see what's going on. 
So what we do is we'll push light from the behind us and push it all the light through like like a fan. Yeah, and you push it through the door and get rid of the energy because there's a lot of stale energy in here. It's really bright in here. <laughs> Where's the plaid shirt guy? He walked through already. Yeah. So the guy, yeah, and there's a guy, the guy that was giving me anxiety already walked through. He walked through it when the door opened. Is it, can anybody else see our guides? They're walking around helping people. Can anybody else see it? Okay. Just let the thoughts kind of pop into your head and you'll start to see. I mean, it's slightly different for everybody. Not the worst. Okay, describe what's going on right now, Tara. Um, so our guides are actually talking to somebody. They're trying to, I think they're convincing them to walk through on their own. Okay. A lot of times it's a waiting game, so we I hold the door open and fill the room with light, and then when they're done, it usually doesn't take too long, and they'll walk them through. A couple of men just left. Those are the two I was waiting for. Where's Rose at? She's over by Anya. She's playing with her hair. <laughs> She's messing with you. So Rose, you need to go so we can close the door. So Angela's our guide that comes, she's on the other side, and she comes to help us. She's going to talk to Rose and try to get her to go, and she's the last one. Tell her that she can tell you when she gets over there. Rose, you can tell her when you're on the other side. You need to walk through the door so we can close it. Should we all concentrate more to help? Yeah, make, okay. the d make the door brighter. All right, everybody, let's try to make the door as bright as we can on the count of three. One, two, three. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Is Angela taking her? She's, she's going to walk through in a minute. She's, she actually turned around to wave. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. So, so go ahead. So that's what we do, but a lot of times it'll take us an hour to two hours to get the ones that don't want to go, but the people that were up here wanted to go, so it was pretty easy. Now, it would be fair to say, Tara, you kind of host and uh, lead – the group here as kind of the, I mean, you take the arrows first, I guess is the best way I to say I think I'm it. the most outgoing, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Right, but verbal. you guys kind of correspond with, I mean, you all watch that. They kind of were bouncing back and forth in a conversation that they were having without us. Yeah. I mean, Did anybody else feel anything or want to comment on it? Stuff, yeah. Mike, Mike wants to say something. Most, 
Was there any names with the people that were coming in and out? I didn't get his name, but Rose was the woman. And the two that came, that were standing over there, I didn't get their names either. I got, I got somebody oh, pretty Dale, much Dale telling me to tell Elisa goodbye. Is there Elisa here? Oh, you're Elisa? Okay. It was a woman saying, tell Lisa I said goodbye. So, do you know a Rose? Hmm. was probably your mom because you, you had mentioned that your mom had passed and we were she wasn't really connecting to your mom and then it was kind of like I got a woman kind of coming up to me saying please tell Lisa that I said goodbye oh that's funny <laughs> um as I was um getting ready when you guys okay this is all going to happen let's visualize it together my body was zinging with all this like um goosebumps energy you were closest energy. to the door and yeah it was I like, like and it was too. like a little pulsing like yeah. a zzz, zzz, zzz. and then um when i visualized that light then it was when you said it's bright i saw bright green i don't know why that was okay it was bright bright green Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And each color is significant to something, and green is for healing. But then when you said she finally stepped in, it went from green to a pulse of blue in the center. So I don't know what that meant. So the angels tell us a lot to use blue, a lot. They say put blue through yourself. They do that a lot. And I saw angels behind you, too. Yep. We, um... We'll see the same things when we're crossing, and mm-hmm. we bounce off each other. Like, did you see those two guys? Mm-hmm. And my focus, I'll have to focus on certain people. So, like, I asked her, did Rose walk over there? Because I s- sent my focus from her to them. Because I, I, can, I can't put all my f- energy into all of them. I have to do it kind of one. So it's really good for us because we'll all focus on somebody different to make sure they all walked, walked through. It works Usually well. Usually I'll see a little bit more of, like, the overall scene of all the different guides and where they're at and the different people and their energies and then but when you focus on one it's more like then they see you, you see them as a person rather than just kind of an energy an energetic right. human shape have either one of you ever been misled by a spirit they try males especially how do they try they, so tricksters <laughs> it sounds typical Matt. So we had one named Matt, and he would appear as a vampire. You know what a vampire looks like? That's yeah. what he would show up as with the teeth. Wait, like the hot one from Twilight or like, like a... No, like, scary. like a, <laughs> like a meth head. Yeah. Right. He right. would appear like that to scare us, and he was just trying to joke around. And when I told him, you're scaring my kids. You need to stop. He goes, shit, I didn't know I was doing that. And then he appeared as himself, and he was one of the nicest guys. We had him around forever. He was actually more of like a... He was her boyfriend. <laughs> oh, so you had him at your house too? He, he, he moved from my house to her house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you're on the court there. That's okay. Mainly the trickster stuff. Yeah, he would move, a, move around between our houses as well. Ryan mostly stayed with you, but he was actually friends with one of her ghost friends. <laughs> and so we would. So, I don't know, it was probably about this time last year, wasn't it? Um, I spent numerous months working over in Boardman, Oregon on a project coming home on weekends and Friday afternoon coming home texted her um, just outside of Cresswell area 
Um, I always text her happy 444 because that's her number. Um, set my phone down in the console and sitting in the passenger seat was a pair of legs connected to a person which wasn't there before and I had because I travel a lot I keep my bag and snacks and you know road road snacks and stuff but all that was gone and there was a person sitting there so I looked over and it was my dad sitting there just like we're on a road trip like nothing um, he looked over gave me kind of a, a smile and went to touch me on the shoulder um, about the same time that he would have actually touched my shoulder uh, I guess the best way I can describe it is like my head exploded into the universe or something. I totally lost all track of space, time, everything. And when I could regain my wits, I was pulled over on the side of the freeway. So I have no idea how I got there, how long time had passed. Um, kind of gathered myself up after a little bit, headed home. Um, but after I got home, found out that, I don't know, from... What do you think it is from from the rest stop to our house probably 20 minutes over an hour had passed so somewhere in there how long I had been sitting on the side of the freeway I have no idea um, but when I came home I was a total mess and she said my eyes were even different colors because I have just shit brown eyes and they were kind of this weird like yellowy green color I've so. heard stories similar to that where things people have lost time and seen a spirit, somebody they know, and they've actually said that it, in the time loss or the time that they spent um, stopping what they were doing, they avoided an accident or they they avoided something tragic. Yeah. And that you hear that a lot. <laughs> I mean, if you look into that, like yeah. people will say that, and something similar happened to me uh, years ago. So. It could be that, or he's just saying hi, but the time loss thing, or like the time that you sit and time goes by, it's to keep you safe. A lot of times, yeah. it's like a message to just stay here so you can stay safe. Yeah, and I've had the opposite happen, too, where it I does. got into town, looked at the clock, and thought, oh, I'm going to make it home just in time for something, and made it home. When I look at the clock, it was the exact same time as when I was in town, and it's huh. a 15, 20-minute drive, and no time had passed, but I have full recollection of going home. Yeah, I think they say that about aliens too, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Time loss with aliens. Yeah, really. Um, yeah. Another thing he mentioned when that happened to him, he said he felt like the inside of his brain was bigger. Like he oh. had more room for things. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Do you ever hear that before? Yeah. Not really more knowledgeable. It's just like, yeah, it's just like dumping a bunch of information off of a hard drive or adding more. It's just there was more room for the, the quantity didn't change. There was just way more space for things. So. Did you recharge? When Tara and I go and recharge like we did today, because um, her grandfather tells us sometimes that we need to go to different locations to water in particular to kind of reconnect and spiritually cleanse ourselves. And when we do that, I get the same sensation. It's, it's as though my body and especially my mind, though, it's like the physical space in my brain like my head got bigger, but you know, not in a like right. way, but like in yeah. a, energetically. Yeah. It feels like that's more, it went from a 64 gig to 120. Yeah. Yeah, and I've had that happen before, where I had. Recharged during that time as well. Could be, because I had an incident like that at the house one time, where she thought I was having a heart attack, because <laughs> of the, just the expression and look on my face and everything. 
But uh, yeah, it was just. What's the? Th let me ask. Put this out here. How many people are familiar with shadows or shadow people or black shadowy images? So what's the difference between seeing a shadowy person or a shadow, tall, small, whatever? How do? What, what, do, what do we call shadow people? In our experience, they're ghosts. Almost every time. Every single time, they're ghosts. We've never had anything evil or malicious. It's always, that's the way they come through to, for us to see them. I don't think I've ever had an instant that's been anything other than a ghost. Human. You see these shadows going by, and then you know there's nobody there. You hear the door not really open and shut, but just clunk, you know, and then. Because I think that my, my movie's on the computer and stuff like that. And you can you just, you, you know there's nobody there, but there is something there. And she's seen the same thing. I think I see it more than, than what she does. I don't know. But it's just really disconcerting, I guess. You know? Okay. And and I don't have the picture anymore. And I had one. Ghosts seem to hang around up there. But we were out one night, right after I got my Corvette, and it was foggy and nasty. And and I took some pictures in my car. And sitting in the seat, the driver's seat, was this white cloud. You could see it through the window. And there was nobody around. There was nothing around. We were outside just taking night pictures and stuff. Right. And that just, like, freaked me out. There was nobody there. But I don't have the... I can't prove it because I deleted the pictures, evidently. I had them on my hard drive and my computer, but it's crashed a hundred times. <laughs> but she was there. Well, now, Mike, before you get rid of that microphone, we're going to end the show here. But before we end it, I want to address a hidden talent that you have because you shared it with me. And you shared it with possibly hundreds of people on Facebook. And I want to talk about your beautiful voice that's like Roy Orbison. You can melt hearts. You can maybe melt that microphone. So would you and could you send us out with either a grumbly original? I don't have anything original. Uh, and I, I, I have it on my phone. You want no, to let's hear just hear a few bars of how... Oh, you want yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> you want, a, let's just you want me to... Oh, yeah. That's hard to do. Well, just come... That's hard to just do. Just pretend you're alone in the shower and Francis is out picking the chicken eggs up. I sing all the time. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Who would I do? All right. Live here at the Axe and Fiddle we'll in the upstairs lounge, the vocal stylings of Mike Grumbly. <laughs> all right. We'll try it. Melinda was mine till the time that I found her holding Jim, loving him. Sue came along, love was strong, that's what I thought. Yeah, me and Sue, that died too. Don't know that I will, but until I can find me a girl who won't play games behind me, I'll be what I am. A solitary man, solitary man. Yay! This is the Strange Brow After Show. Ooh, I wonder if that was meant to happen. The lights are flickering. Oh, I was hopeful it wasn't. <laughs>
Well, we could leave him on if, if that's okay with you. Okay. You want me to come up there and turn him off when we leave? Okay. All right. All right. So the bookstore owner, the Kalapuya Books, has been nice enough to let us do the after show for Strange Brow Radio. We're here at the Kalapuya Bookstore right adjacent to the Axe and Fiddle Pub where we just had Robert Kanaga. And I'll post his story here in the next few weeks. But Robert was on stage talking about his life after death experience, three total to be exact. And he had some pretty interesting details to the point where some of the people in the restaurant actually had to leave. Um, if you've had a near-death experience of any kind, then you may know that having a near-death experience is extremely powerful and per you know, uh, personal. Um, and not only a near-death experience, but a life-after-death experience. I guess you'd probably put that in a category. But why don't we go around the room and introduce ourselves to everybody here. I'm going to put on my headphones to make sure we can hear everybody. But yeah, let's just go like we're in school. Uh, Doug, Doug, where are you from? White Salmon. What, Doug Charters here from White Salmon. Doug comes here all the way from the Columbia River Gorge almost every month to attend this. So a round of applause for Doug Charters. Yay. <laughs> Bravo, Doug. Okay, next, who do we have? Anya from Lane Paranormal in oh. Eugene. Okay, Anya. Tara from Lane Paranormal. Out of Corvette or Cresswell. No. Cresswell. Cresswell, yeah. Okay, would you like to go on the record? Brianna from Cresswell, Oregon. Okay, Brianna, who do you know and how'd you get here? Because I haven't met you before. You're friends with, okay, good. Yeah, with her. Okay, next, all right, who do we have here? Karen from Cottage Grove. Karen, okay, and you brought your daughter, Miranda. Yes, <laughs> Miranda, say hi. Hi, this is the daughter, Miranda, <laughs> from Cottage Grove as well. All right, good. Uh, these are all faithful attendees, and we have a new face. Hi, I'm Brenda, and I know Tara from Cresswell. Okay, and have you worked before with Lane Paranormal? No. Are you new to this? Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay, and what brought you here today? Just an interest in learning about it. Okay, cool. All right, well, we got a lot to discuss here. You know, the after show doesn't have to be necessarily on topic when it comes to what we were discussing. We did work with dousing rods. Um, we have our EMF meter out here, and we're also picking up. Uh, we have a live EVP session here underway. And well, let's start with you, hon. Are you picking? Oh, you're you're in review mode. Okay, I know. Yeah, I'm That's trying to find the EVPs I found in the library. Well, tell me what you found. Okay, so so far, we got a little girl say "mommy," a uh, little boy. His was kind of hard to understand. Um, and then we got her and I at the same time. She heard a bell ring, and I heard footsteps in the same place back there yeah, behind us. And so we went to check it out. So we, were s we did some EVPs to try to find out who was doing that. And then she got her arm tugged, and I recorded, and a little boy said, he pulled on you. And I got that on audio. Where did that happen? Back, back at there. the, yeah, back so in the library there. So where's the most active place in this building? Back there and up there, like back up there. But not necessarily in the Axe and Fiddle? No, the library. Really? More active, yep. Okay, so this is a, a, a bookstore, and it used to be a mercantile or a general store. There's actually a photograph in the back of the bookstore of 
of uh, the outside and it hasn't changed much. But what would be interesting is if we could actually find historical people that worked inside this building here to measure up against. Now, are you ladies getting any kind of uh, visual on what these spirits look like in their earthly form? I haven't today. I did last time we were here. I mean, I, I pretty much just am seeing people wearing like from 1920s, 1910 type of clothing is what I see mostly when I'm here. Okay. But no f can you see if they're fat, skinny, tall, very short? Very skinny. Most of them are very, like, tiny, like they would be probably in right. the early 1900s. Malnourished, right, fighting for every crumb, possibly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this was a struggling gold lumber town, right, at one the point. The little girl's blonde. Last time, last time I saw her, yeah, she had fluffy-type hair, and it was separated on both sides, so maybe either pigtails or braids. And she's really little. Hmm. Okay. Does anybody here uh, feel like Strange Brow is making things more active on their own property? Or do they have... Yes, Miranda, you're agreeing? Go ahead and hand her the mic. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I just kind of feel like there's more of energy here. Um, I did have a question, though. Do you think that all of the spirits here that you feel are from the building itself or maybe from some of these objects because some of these books are older and oh, other good objects question, in the room. Yeah. Are these objects haunted? Uh, well, so one time when I was here, I was directed upstairs and they took me back almost to the end and then they wanted me to look at the book and there was only one book facing this way. They were all facing how they're supposed to and it was very odd. It was some kind of a cult type book. And then I started feeling like I was on fire and I had to leave because I started getting sick and felt like I was burning. And then somebody else said they got hot up there too when they were up there. Hmm. Um, so it's possible that book has some meaning to whoever brought me up there. But otherwise, um, I don't feel like any of them except for maybe the woman, they've all come in with either other people or just because they're in the general area, but not necessarily this building. They've all come from other places. That's what I get from them. Miranda, is that it, Miranda? Okay, so but let's talk about your property, though, because I don't know too much about what goes on at home with Miranda and her mom. Is there? Do you have activity? Is that what brought you here originally around all us weirdos? Um, I've always had some paranormal activity, whether it be aliens or ghosts or um, different things, experiences that I've had at my property and specifically I feel that we have shadow people there. Would you be and they kind of hide out in the corners. Let's hear some of these stories. Um, it was like about a month ago, and I'm laying in my bedroom, and I have the door open. And my mom's room is like kind of across from my room. And I can see there, standing in the corner by her door, which is closed, um, what looks to be a shadow figure, a really tall man. Almost looks like he's wearing a hat. It's like a cowboy hat. And... Um, I thought it was just, you know, a shadow. I didn't. I was trying to convince myself it wasn't really a person standing there, until I saw him move and look at me, like turn his head and look at me. And um, that was pretty much all I got out of that experience. He kind of disappeared after that. But um, it was the several years ago. Wait, the mother's asking a question <laughs> here. What'd she say? 
Um, my mom just point asked me to point out what happened to my boyfriend. Okay. He had a rather harrowing experience. Um, it was several years ago, and he, we went to Portland, and he was there by himself, and they were actually chasing him throughout the house and had him cornered in the bedroom, and he was calling me very frantic and didn't know what to do. So when you say they? He, there was um, a, at least two or three shadow people that he was experiencing that were like baking noises and banging on things and just, yeah, whether they were just messing with him mm -hmm. or whether they were, yeah, yeah. Is, is he prone to having paranormal sightings or is he a skeptic? Where does he stand? They freak him out quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're saying that they didn't like him? No. Okay. Do you have a sense of what spirits we're dealing with? Because as far as like the, you know, the hat man, the tall, dark figure with a, was it a top hat looking? It was like a cowboy hat, like a oh. great big, like Texas cowboy hat. Okay. <laughs> Wow. And so he, when he turned and looked at you, did you get a, any kind of facial features off of him? No, not at all. Nothing? No. Just solid black? Yeah, just, I could just, just mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain it, just like a black shadow, and you could see kind of maybe like the outline of his nose and the hat, and you mm -hmm. just, I could see that he turned to look at me, like, yeah, I'm really here. <laughs> okay, and what, do you remember what time of night it was? Uh, I think it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. Okay, that's an interesting time of night for yeah. most things. You mentioned uh, UFOs, maybe alien contact. Do you, can we talk about that? Um, sure. Um, I was living, it was just a couple blocks from here on Quincy behind Cottage Market. And um, it was r right before I graduated high school. And I was sitting in the backyard with some friends um, and we were just talking and barbecuing some chicken, hanging out. And it was getting about dusk time when a giant, bright, golden orb came up out of my neighbor's backyard about 20 feet from us. And it kind of hovered there over their fence a little bit. It was about a seven-foot-tall fence. And, um, I mean, it was really, really bright, but it didn't hurt your eyes. And so we just kind of stared at it for a while, and then it kind of zoomed off up into the sky. And it, I think it knew we were watching it because it hung out for a while, and then it would zip one direction, and then it would zip another direction, kind of zip around for a little bit faster than anything I've ever seen be able to fly in the sky. And then uh, after about five minutes of that, it just disappeared. It was gone so fast, like it wasn't even there. And it was in the backyard of a friend's house? Uh, no, my house. Oh, your house? Yeah. We lived about a block behind Cottage Market at the time. And how close was it to your back door? Um, from the back door, it was probably about 30 yards away. Yeah. And have you, I mean, you don't have to answer any of these questions if you don't feel like it, but do you feel like you had an experience that you could maybe be regressed to remember? Do you feel? You know, I, I've i often wondered if I lost any time because mm -hmm. it seems like after it was gone, it I, I felt like it was a lot darker than what I when I first saw it. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. <laughs> right. 
That's How large a scale was this? You said it was large. Um, I would say it was about like a two-passenger. Like you could fit two people inside of it. Oh, a little sport model. Cute. Yeah. Okay. And it was bright, but yeah. yet you could look into the brilliance as to where it should have yeah. blinded you. And I understand what you mean with that. I've out of everything you said, that resonated. Because I've seen this kind of light before where it's, it's almost like the absence of darkness. It's so bright as to where you would take a piece of satin and you'd look at the most pure color of satin and you could look at it because it's soft but yet it's so yeah. out of you know organically unreal yeah okay yeah did i come close yeah <laughs> okay. it, i mean it really is like it's hard to explain that yeah. kind of light but um it was amazing and terrifying at the same time <laughs> thanks for talking to us yeah anybody else have a story or mom do you want to reciprocate with anything that you've seen does this run in the family there you go. She grabbed the mic. Uh, good. Janice no, Joplin, up to the mic. Uh, the shadow people that she's talking about, uh, we don't feel any animosity from them at all. In fact, we're comfortable with them. And um, we feel like they protect us in a way. And my husband died in 2013, and sometimes I feel that he's one of them. Oh, you want to say something? He's behind you, and he told us that he actually is the one protecting you. Did he wear suspenders? Okay, we're seeing, like, suspenders, you know, and he's right behind you, and he's saying he protects you from them. Not that they're evil, but he is protecting you. They're not protecting you in any way. They're kind of, like, messing with you, and he makes it. He pretty much keeps them at bay. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Was he a big guy? Big like in spirit, but five he's, he's only like, like five foot. No, like, um, I don't know how to explain it. He's like, his chest is pushed out, and he's like, I'm protecting them. They're my, you know, I keep them safe. You know, like, yes, I, I could see that. It. He wore Hawaiian shirts with suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, he's got some kind of button shirt or something with suspenders. She's like, oh, I saw that too. <laughs> so, yeah. Right away, as soon as you, yeah, for a while, as soon as you came in. I was just curious if that was him, because we were going to ask you if he was, if that was who it was, because he's been behind you guys. So, okay, I just wanted to make sure that's who we were seeing. Let me ask you this. Did you know that he had passed before she said? No, I mean, I know you technically didn't know, but you had a feeling that she had a past loved one standing there, or did you just see a male presence? He's, like, above her. He looks, you know, because he's up above her. He looked big, you know, like a big guy. And I knew that it was either her husband or maybe a grandfather or father figure. And then I asked her, and she's like, I think it's definitely her husband. So, And we wanted to ask her before she said anything, but she said it before we could say anything. <laughs> okay. Yes, I've always felt that way, that he was with us in some way. In fact, he plays practical jokes on us. Yes. <laughs> Three o'clock one morning, my band... It's totally dead. The battery, we can't even recharge it because it's totally dead, right? Three o'clock in the morning, the headlights start flickering on and off, on and off. And I woke everybody up in the household because we couldn't help. We figured somebody was sitting out in the driveway. Yeah, yeah. We figured somebody was sitting out in the driveway pulling tricks on us or a friend we know, you know. And the more we watched it, the more it would do it every now and then. And with bright lights, it wasn't just uh, dim lights either. And 
The weird part is mice have gotten into my wiring. There is no way there is a connection at this point. It's never done it again. But it's typical of what my husband would pull. <laughs> All right. Anybody else uh, have a story that they would like to talk about? Don't feel shy. It helps to kind of get it out of your system. This is only going to go out on the Internet to millions of people, so not a big deal. Um, how about any readings here? You've got a puzzled look on your face, Anya. What's going on in Anya's brain? Anything? Are you picking up on anything? Doug, what's the secret to life? Being happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Francis, you did pretty good with those dousing rods. Francis was back here. She had those dousing rods all <laughs> like Madonna in the 90s with the pointy bra pointed out. And uh, you and Ren were getting quite a few hits over here by the staircase. Let me ask the bookstore owner here. In particular, they're picking up on a child spirit, a little gal named Emily and a little boy. And I didn't notice that a lot of the hits they were having were on or near the the little cubby, but uh, I think it was more or less down here. Do you guys want to talk about that experience at all? Can we hand the mic to them? All right, well this is Ren talking. Um, <laughs> so this is my second time using these dowsing rods. Yeah. So I was, I had a good idea of how to actually use them this time, able to get them steady and ready. Yeah. So walking around the bookstore, I did notice a particular spot where they would cross. So I did an experiment, walked around, continued to walk around, and it was only in that spot right at the bottom of the stairs. Um, you can kind of tell on the floor, uh, the way the boards line up, it looks like a maybe construction or something happens in the past, or okay, maybe not. Like I can't replacement really tell. of the boards? Is yes. That she can't confirm it. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. But um, I continued to just only get them to cross at that spot. And I believe you did as well. Mm -hmm. Would you care to share? You want to share it all? No, Francis? Go ahead, Francis. you got a good voice. I do know that um, while I was holding the rods, um, Toby asked me to push them with my uh, thumb. And when I tried to do that, the rods did not want to move at all. They... Um, uh, it was they were putting pressure against my thumb saying no that's not really what I want to do so I I thought well I'll I forced the issue moved them around to where they were straight in front of me and then I put my um, thumbs um, up along beside mm -hmm. the copper uh, wire and uh, as when I did that I did not have to touch it and I could make it move with my thumb without touching it and then when I moved my thumb away um, it was it was like I, it was I don't know how the feeling is other than um, it was like it was pressure against my own skin mm -hmm. and uh, there was nothing touching me and so the baseline what we were trying to do is have her move her thumb to basically get those straight ahead and take a baseline reading so then you could have a clear understanding of how straight your hands are with there and so she's pushing those rods to try to get them in position you're feeling it not give it's actually pushing no they back. were pushed it was actually a feeling of somebody pushing yeah. against my thumb 
Right. And so that I mean, it was it was there. Mm. Um, it, you know, if 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 you take a take your hand and touch your and you know this, that was the feeling that I was getting. Mm-hmm. Only it was I was this far away. Right. So yeah, it was pushing against me. It didn't want to move the direction that I was trying to make it move. Okay. It was like telling me, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> do you want to add anything to this at all as a as a bookstore owner here? Maybe I can just ask you real quick. And can you just say your name real quick and introduce yourself? My name's Betsy. Betsy, how long have you had the bookstore? W- well, we moved into this place right here in 2005. Yeah. We had to renovate. It's a beautiful historic yeah. building. Walking in here is like walking in a museum. Um, it's a beautiful it's old building. What do you see there, Darren? Oh, you have a question here. Okay, just real quick. Oh, <laughs> no. He wants to know if <laughs> no, because we live here, and I was like, have kind of jokes in my mind about that. You know, that's a kind of in my dream world. That's what happens. <laughs> but I just, I really, what I really like is that you said they were playful, and I feel that. Uh, you know, playful energy, maybe it's just, I don't know. I, it makes me happy. Yeah. And I, I never have had, except that one story where you had, where you said there was heat in that one place. Well, a friend of mine said that to me, and I think it was in the same place. She said, whoa, I'm so hot right here. Oh so wow. that's a coincidence, and that was weird. But I... I certainly didn't think it was bad because and it was very uh, inconsequential because it was over quickly and she was just really focused and and it didn't bother her mm-hmm. any length of time at all. So I don't feel like there was a, a bad thing. Well, thank you. Uh, how I'm going to give it back to the psychics over here. As far as hot spots and cold spots, usually as a typical cold spot, the hot spots, at least... You know, when I had an experience in a with an, oppr- an oppressive spirit, it was a very hot spot. Mm-hmm. And the hotness was almost overwhelming, debilitating, and I kind of had to crawl out of the room. If this is what that felt like. It did. Mm-hmm. And so you were looking at a book up there that mm-hmm. wasn't exactly a happy book. Yeah, I can't remember the title of it. I took a picture, but I can't remember. Okay. I don't have a very good memory. But it was, yeah, it wasn't something like, yeah, it was a really weird you feel like book. the book had something to do with it? Yeah. Science fiction is up there. So there uh, like a, a cult or dem- yeah. demonology? Science fiction gets into that realm sometimes, so there might have been a cover that kind of was reaching out to some teenage, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it was overwhelming. I had to leave the area. Okay. I'd be curious to see if you'd go get the book. And bring I was thinking about going to see Why if it was up go there. Will you go yeah, look for sure. it and bring it down, and maybe we can do a live... See if the book has anything that you think this is wise, Doug. Should I be back? Doug is the voice of reason. Maybe I'm getting into territory. I asked him the, the secret Celtic, of life. The Celtic wisdom books that had the <laughs> smell of the ocean when I opened it. Oh, really? Yeah, that was kind of neat. Well, tell us about that moment. Oh, that's just cool. <laughs> He's a man of few words. That's cool. All right. Well, that's pretty incredible. You opened a scratch and sniff book. Oh, no, and you just didn't open it up. It smells like the ocean. <laughs> Remember the ones that smell like butterscotch? Yeah. Okay, so what's happening right now is Anya and Tara are upstairs looking for possibly a book that's connected to this oppressive heat. 
that's coming over them. And real quickly, I'll explain what happened to me, I'll share, is that I was working as a care provider off the books for um, a well-known Catholic of St. Mary's Church, and she suffered a, a neck injury. She was a friend of the family. And I had prior military experience as a corpsman in the Navy. And so I was used to working with people that were in those kind of positions. And I noticed immediately after working the knock shift, which is the na late night shift, that there was a lot, of <laughs> a lot of work that needed to be done. You don't exactly sleep when you do the knock shift. And uh, with her, she was an incredibly active woman, so she was paraplegic at this point. And she was basically kind of retraining herself to do everything from eat to bathe to move. And she uh, was kind of bedbound for a lot of the days, and especially the nights. And I could sense that there was some issues with the family and her, and it was kind of feeling toxic, which you'll find when you w work as a care provider that the family is usually harder to care for than the person that needs the caring. Next door to where she was convalescing, this was their old family house, there was a, a room, a pink room, and it was captured in time from the 1950s. It was powder pink, kind of like this chair is, if you can just imagine you know, just a soft satiny pink. And the walls were there and it had kind of like a precious moments doll feel to it, you know, just doilies and just a real girly girly room, but kind of creepy because it, it was dated and the, the rest of the house wasn't like this. And so this was next door to the wall there. Well, one day I'm trying to get 15 minutes of sleep while she was convalescing and I hear the kitchen explode. It sounds like every dish had been pushed over. So I went in there to see how many dishes had broken suddenly. It was probably two in the morning or something. She didn't hear it, she was out. Um, and nothing had broken. So I took note of that. But, you know, maybe I had a dream. Maybe I dreamt it. Well, one day I go into her room and she starts saying, I see these people these people standing over me, all the lights are out, and she's looking up and she's swatting at these people. She said, get this woman off me, get this man. She's trying to put a, a sheet over my head. And, uh, no, she didn't say sheet. She said, they're trying to put a cloak over my head. And she'd swat at this tall, blonde woman that was coming after her. Well, maybe that was medication, right? Well, she kept on seeing this man and this woman coming out of the closet after her. Well, so I talked to whoever I was supposed to talk to, the doctor, about messing with her meds. Well, the third thing that happened was she got really upset with me. I don't remember exactly over what, but she, she turned into a different woman, you know, around two in the morning, all the lights out. And she looked at me and she started saying some really nasty things, like, you're a loser. Look, you're taking care of this old woman here. We, you'll never become anything. And just like this really vicious side of her turned up and I was feeling horrible. She's like, you just need to quit and get back out there and, you know, I don't even remember what she had totally said, but I knew that it was cutting in a weird way. And then all of a sudden the room started to sink and the heat in that room went from normal to 100 degrees within about five seconds. And I felt myself start to sink down and my heart start to palpitate and I was drenched. My whole body was just drenched with sweat. You know, my jeans, my jacket, everything was just sopping wet. And so, I know it's kind of gross, and I went down to the floor, and luckily she couldn't see what was happening because she's in, you know, her hospital bed still yelling. And I'm kind of like, 
you know, trying to hold it together like, okay, you know, she needs help. And I crawled out of that room as she continued to yell and the heat in that house boiled. And I made it to the couch. And as I sat on that couch, I thought, God, do I call 911? Maybe I'm having a heart attack. You know, maybe this is a medical thing. But then I started thinking about the woman in white and the sheets and, you know, the you know, that wasn't a dream of all the dishes falling. So um, I told the family about it, and I quit. I quit, like, I think the next day. And I told the rest of the crew, I said, have you guys ever seen anything like this, you know? And they kind of all thought I was full of it or nuts. But um, when you talk about the heat getting turned up around here, I don't know, has anybody else been in a house where there is an oppressive spirit that had you know, messed with you physically to the point where there's a cold spot or a hot spot. Yeah, Miranda? You wanna, where's the other mic? There we go, can we pass it to her? Um, Here we I go. had a friend who lived in a really old house and it was really always really dark and dreary in there and you could feel just oppression and you could go through like a cold spot every once in a while. I didn't go in her house much, so I can't tell you much more than that. But, yeah, I felt and it. And not in your house, even with everything you've described. No. 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 And now when you said that the shadow, I want to come back to this here because mm -hmm. they're getting something else. But you can speak to this more here. It's not the first time I heard shadow spirits aren't exactly omens of evil. That there's something mischievous, of like a mischievous and friendly, kind of like, you remember Peter Pan's shadow? And how the shadow is the mischievous one, kind of like Tinkerbell was, but the shadow was like totally mischievous. Yeah, that's the kind of feeling that I get mm -hmm. from them, is they, they kind of want to look for ways to kind of just mess with you. Mm -hmm. And they seem to like one room particular, which we don't really use a whole lot. It's kind of like a spare living room sort of thing. And you do, do you not use it because of what happens? No, I mean, it's just, it's not as homely feeling, I guess. Mm -hmm. So... We use the other room. That's right. where we sit. Okay. Yeah. Is it just the two of you? Um, and my boyfriend. Okay, yeah. so there's three. And your boyfriend never comes. No. He's not into it. <laughs> no, I think. Not after what happened. Yeah, I think anything paranormal just kind of. Really? It, it, it puts him over the edge. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So is it interesting when you come home after this because you can't talk about it? Or what happens? Oh, no. I tell him all about it. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the girls are back. I'm going to give them, why don't we hand them the mic? Let's talk about what just happened because I notice you don't have the book. Okay, they got the mic now in their hands. Tell us what happened up there. Okay, so when we first went upstairs, because that's where the book was located, um, Tara was in front of me and I was behind her and it felt like somebody literally grabbed my arm and tried to pull me down the stairs and then she like stopped and she's like, I feel really dizzy. And so then we finally made our, s our way upstairs, and then when we get up there, you know, we, we know the section that it's in, and, the, and we can't find the book anywhere. Oh, it's and gone. It and it didn't sell? She doesn't know. Okay, we don't she know if it's know. sold. Okay. We couldn't find it anywhere. Huh. We looked. You're out of here, the so Grumblies. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Bye, Bye guys. Bye-bye. Okay, well, that's interesting. Well, we can't really Very validate anything with that. Was it an older book, or was it like a newer hardback? Cover. Soft okay. cover. It was all red. It had some kind of weird looking, I don't know, like a creature on it with spread out wings. And it was all red and black. Okay. 
All and right. unfortunately, I did take a picture of it because I thought it was strange because we were talking about something similar to that, and that's when we were drawn to that book. And I took a picture of it, and now I can't find it in my phone, so I can't show you. Okay. Well, if you do find it, let us know. Well, before we close out here and let the bookstore owner enjoy her din-din, um, I want to thank everybody. If anybody has any last-minute stories, yes. No, you're just waving. She's saying goodbye. Okay, we're waving virtually to the audience here. All right, those were the after shows of Strange Brow Radio. Thank you for tuning in once again. You can get a hold of us if you'd like to at strangebrowradio at gmail.com. Guest ideas if you have any questions about our live events and what's coming up in 2020. Big things. Um, We may take the show on the road. Get ready for that. Uh, So you won't have to go to just Cottage Grove anymore for that. Also, our live events coming up, including our Sasquatch event in July and William Becker the Psychic at the bookstore same bookstore where you heard most of these after shows will be teaching a class you can get tickets I think they're under 30 bucks at strangebrow.com check that out and then uh, of course we have our ESETI retreat coming up in late August September for Labor Day weekend and then of course our mummy event in October for people that have all those lingering mummy issues and I know there's a fair amount of you out there so come dressed up like a freaking mummy work out your issues with some wrapping of some tissues (laughs) okay come on back next week check us out strangebrow.com thank you to our sponsor feral by aaron and enjoy your memorial day weekend thank you to all the vets hoorah see you in the trees